Okay, welcome along to the NFL opening line. And this is the playoffs preview. I'm James Gregg, your host, and filling me in, giving me all the proper details. Giving us the lowdown is NFL data expert Eric Eager, who's been with us every step of the way throughout this season. Now, the NFL's 2021 season did bring us lots of pure and beautiful chaos from start to finish. And we actually concluded on Sunday night, we're recording this on Wednesday, just prior to those playoffs starting. And I mean, where to start? Where to start, Eric? Um, I suppose the obvious question is, who are you backing to make it all the way to Super Bowl um, in Los Angeles on Sunday, February the 13th? Will it be Tom Brady, the defending champion, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the NFC? Are the number one seeded Tennessee Titans set to make it from the AFC? These are all the questions that we need answering. I don't really know where to start, but I'm sure that you know exactly where to start. Yeah, I, you know, I think that this one is, you know, a little bit tricky because the top te- top seed uh, in the AFC is not considered by many to be a top team. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, uh, you know, struggled down the stretch to a Steelers team that wasn't particularly good. They, they lost to Houston team, and then um, and you know, over the second half of the season, it was that impressive. Now for the playoffs, they'll be rested. They'll probably have Derek Henry, who's probably the best running back in the NFL, back uh, healthy Julio Jones, who have been banged up all year on the outside, will come back. And, you know, I think that they'll resemble much more, uh, you know, explicitly the team that early in the season had wins, uh, you know, over the Buffalo Bills, over the Chiefs, uh, really impressive wins. Uh, that we we sort of forgotten about because the second after season they've sort of slept off through, um, and, and so you know for that I mean we make we, we get Tennessee you know, basically uh, you know about a twelve percent chance uh, to win the Super Bowl, um, you know so I think you know depending upon where you can get it at Pinnacle right now uh, it's plus seven uh, sixty three so there is a value there that that would be the one that I would take in the AFC uh, as far as the NFC. Um, you know, I think, you know, both getting out of the conference, but also getting, uh, you know, to the to the Super Bowl uh, and winning. I, I still like Tampa Bay. We make them about 14 percent to win it all. Um, you know, right now on the betting on, on, on Pinnacle or plus 711 uh, to win it all. So those are two values uh, th- that I'm going with there. Uh, after that, it's basically long shots. And I think with long shots, you, you, you do better, uh, you know, sort of rolling over the money lines with those. That's the thing. We're trying to make people find the value here. We're not just trying to pick the winners. There's lots of value to be had elsewhere, isn't there? And in certainly in these playoffs as well. Now we've had a full season to see what the approaches are going to be. We know what the draw's looking like um, as well. Just breaking away from the actual teams at the minute, I want to talk about some individuals a little bit as well. What do you make of the Antonio Brown situation at the, at the books? Is that going to affect their playoff campaign, their playoff situation at all. I mean, what's the feeling that you get from that? There's not really much data for how how people feel, I suppose. But what have you seen so far from that, Eric? Well, yeah, I think uh, one of the things that we found is that, you know, secondary and tertiary players at wide receiver are, you know, as important as the top guys just because once you get to uh, the playoffs, you're dealing with teams that have good depth. And if your depth uh, can't beat their depth, then it, it's hard to win. Now, Tampa Bay, you know, benefited from that last year because, you know, Green Bay after Devontae Adams at wide receiver were not particularly strong. 
They won the NFC title game there. Uh, and Kansas City, after Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey weren't particularly strong, uh, and they won there. This year, the tables are turned on Tampa without Chris Godwin and then without Antonio Brown. Um, that being said, Tom Brady's, you know, one of these quarterbacks that might be impervious to some of these things. Last year in the NFC Championship game against the Packers, Antonio Brown was inactive with an injury. Scotty Miller made a few big plays uh, to hurt Green Bay. So I would say it obviously hurts Tampa Bay. That's why, you know, I think that, you know, they're they're the two seed in the NFC. Uh, I, I think they're they're in a solid position, but it's it's why they're not given nearly the chance that they probably would have been given. I mean, right now they're plus 711. They were basically plus 700 uh, going into the season on Pinnacle. And so their Super Bowl odds, despite all the variance, you know, that has been washed away from having played 18 games, they're basically right where they started, which is, uh, I think, shows you sort of how injuries have hurt them throughout the season. Also, I know we were talking about individuals just then a minute ago. I'm going to bring you back to that. We will get on with some of the other value in just a minute, but regular season MVP, is that coming down to Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, that that I think is going to end up being Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Tom Brady, per our metrics, has earned MVP, but there's a little bit of a caveat to that in the sense that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season were the first team in league history to win more than 70% of their games while throwing the ball more than 65% of the time. Um, you know, that that's kind of a weird stat because teams that are ahead usually will run the ball when they're ahead. Mm. And so, you know, it, it's not so much a passing makes you lose situation. It's more of like you pass more when you're losing. Um, but the Bucks leaned on Tom Brady more than sort of any elite team in the history of the NFL has. And he certainly delivered this year. Um, and, you know, the t- for us, like that, that adds his value. Whereas, you know, Aaron Rodgers played wonderfully, was extremely efficient, uh, but didn't pass the ball quite as much. Uh, you know, and that, you know, that kind of gave his wins above replacement, a, a, you know, a little bit lower of a value. But the market seemed pretty, pretty dead set on on Rodgers. And, and I and I don't think there's going to be anything from here until when they select the award that will change that. Just um, thinking about rookies as well. Who's caught your eye in terms of rookies, Eric? Um, because, I mean, th- this season's been it's been quite been quite good for for rookies, really, hasn't it? Um, who's caught your eye in particular, though? Uh, well, Micah Parsons of Dallas, he's somebody who's leading, you know, in a lot of different categories. He's the most valuable linebacker in the NFL per our metrics. Um, he's, you know, turned a Dallas defense around uh, that had struggled in previous seasons. Uh, he's obviously one. Jamar Chase is a top 10 most valuable wide receiver in the NFL this year as a rookie. Jalen Waddle is, is not that far behind him um, for the Miami Dolphins. Uh so there's, there's a lot of good ones. Mac Jones is a rookie quarterback who's going to start a, a postseason game uh, Saturday against Buffalo. Uh, a lot of great rookies, and it'll be interesting. I think you know Mac Jones was the betting favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year going into uh, you know maybe basically the last month of the season, and then Jamar Chase overtook him with a, a magnificent effort against uh, the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs in home wins. Uh, you know, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see who ends up ahead there. Even Najee Harris of Pittsburgh, even though I, he hasn't been super efficient, has gained a lot of yards for that team uh, as they make it an improbable march to the playoffs. Just uh, going to move on now. We're going to look at the the actual wild card round. There's some, uh, all the odds, by the way, pinnacle.com. It's where you can find them. Some competitive odds on there. Obviously, Green Bay and Tennessee, top seeds, not involved in, in this wild card round, but 
just um, and where, where are we finding the value in the wild card round, Eric? Because it's, it's the temptation there is to look at Pittsburgh and Kansas and go right, okay, we're well, going to back Kansas, right? That's just my an example. Help people who are looking at these and going, uh, they're holding the phone up and they're thinking, well, that's it. I'm just going to go for them, right? Where, where are we finding value? There's value to be found here, surely. There's got to be, but I'm not quite sure where. So help me out. Yeah, so you know, the, in the Saturday slate, though, the 4:30 Eastern game, um, Kansas or sorry, Las Vegas versus Cincinnati, that opened around six and a half. Um, it's now five and a half, and you know, six is a relatively key number in the NFL now. Uh, that the extra point has been moved back for about half a decade, so the, there's significant movement in the in in Las Vegas's direction. I would say now it's probably a Cincinnati bet or nothing, given that Las Vegas just played not only a full game on Sunday night, but also a full overtime on Sunday night. Uh, and, and then they have to play the first game of wildcard weekend on the road against the Bengals team that basically rested the, the, their most important players that Sunday. So you got a well-rested Bengals team at home against a Raiders team that might, A, might just be happy to be there, but B, just got gassed by a, uh, a long uh, Sunday night game, and they're dealing with an interim coach, right? So short rest, short time to prepare, first ever playoff game for both teams, uh, you know, both regimes, basically. Um, I'm going to give the edge to Cincinnati. I think they're at the current number at five and a half at seven or so probably would have been a good bet to go with the Raiders. Uh, and then the night game Saturday, um, this is one where a lot of, I think, uh, you know, th- there's been some two-way action, I think, but, you know, this thing with the, the Patriots opened at four and a half against the Bills. It's now down to four. I've seen it three and a half in some places, but it's four on Pinnacle. Uh, I think the Patriots are the side here. The, the weather is supposed to be not great. The total is about 44. So you're going to see, you know, sort of a lower scoring game, which means those points are worth more. Um, and, I, and I think you're, you're getting a little bit of recency bias. The Buffalo Bills have won a number of games in a row. Not all that impressive in doing so, but have won a number of games in a row. Whereas the Patriots have, you know, come into uh, the postseason, um, you know, having reeling with a, with a, you know, three out of the last four games in the loss column, uh, I think you're getting recency biased value there uh, on New England at plus four. And then on the Sunday games, um, you know, you have some rematches. You have Philadelphia going to Tampa. That game was played in Philadelphia on a, on a Thursday night a few months ago. Uh, and, and Philadelphia covered a plus six and a half spread. It's nine and a half on Pinnacle trending towards that eight and a half. There's sort of some teaser protection, I think, going on there. Uh, I think a lot of people like Philadelphia in this matchup. I'm sort of staying away. Um, and then, you know, I think that the, the, the you know, sort of cornerstone rematch, uh, you know, from decades ago when the Niners and the, four, and the Cowboys played a bit, seemingly every single uh, NFC championship game, the, the, the 49ers go to Dallas as three point underdogs. I think it's trending more towards three and a half. Um, that that's a really intriguing matchup for me. You know, the total in the game is 51, uh, highest of the weekend. I, I I'm just looking forward to that one. I think if I had to take a side in that one, I, I would go with the underdog 49ers. There you go. I mean, that's the most comprehensive wildcard round thing you'll find anywhere on any podcast there. A little roundup from Eric. Thank you very much indeed for that, Eric. Um, now, I'm just working out individual head-to-head games are great, but if you're trying to find some value kind of longer term, keep those playoffs a little bit more interesting, even if you are sat there Saturday night crestfallen that some of your picks from that night's play haven't quite come off. Is this where you find the value? I'm talking AFC and NFC conference winners. Is that where it, it lies rather than Super Bowl outright pick, for example, particularly at this late stage of the season? We've had so much football. 
The odds are short. Everybody's tightly packed. There's not really anybody to, put, to kind of choose from. The favourites, by the way, um, have Pinnacle. Uh, Pinnacle have got uh, 2.770 Chiefs in the AFC and the Packers are at 2.64 in the NFC. Would you disagree with that? And also, you know, just going back to what I said, is that where the value is rather than a picking an outright Super Bowl winner? Uh, well, we actually make Tennessee a slight favorite in the in the AFC, but not by, by much. We, we make Tennessee about a 28% chance to win. We make Green Bay about a 36% chance to win. So the number is a lot closer for Green Bay. Um, but the, the, you know, the, the hard part is, is I think people underestimate how, so in one way, I think people are underestimating how valuable the buy used to be for the two seed because Kansas City is a two seed. They have to play this week, as you said, as 13 point uh, favorites against Pittsburgh. There's a lot of stuff that can happen in that game that sort of muddies the water for Kansas City moving forward. They, they could lose the game. That That is a very improbable event, but it could happen. They could also lose starters to injury. Um, all of those things are avoided by Tennessee having not having to play in that round. Um, additionally, Tennessee gets the, the the worst seed coming out of everything. So if there is an improbable instance in the first round of the playoffs, Tennessee is a beneficiary of that because they get to play. Let's say there's an upset and a, you know, a five, six or seven seed wins a game, then Tennessee plays that team immediately. Right. And then you're getting sort of the benefits of recency bias on that team, right? Having an upset, everybody's going to be having positive feelings about that team. And so for me, I think Tennessee, maybe if they get into a Super Bowl, let's say against Tom Brady or against Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be outgunned at quarterback. But that that might be the reason you want to bet them at, you know, 4.18, you know, for example, on the AFC Conference Championship and not bet them for the Super Bowl. Because then essentially what you're doing is kind of doing a, a half money line rollover instead. And, and the benefit of those rollovers is obviously if you want to get out from the situation whenever you, you know, you, you don't have to hedge. You can just, you're out of the situation before you make that, that subsequent bet. And so I think Tennessee is the one that you might like in the sense that you're basically betting on them to win two games, one of which they're going to be a favorite. In. Interesting. Because you know what I was, it's so good this, because, if you read some of the prediction stuff, I mean, I was reading loads of prediction stuff ahead of talking to you, Eric, and also just ahead of of these playoffs. But I'm looking, and this is a quote because I took it out and because it kind of stuck out for me. Off, off an unnamed sports website, off a journalist who obviously has no access to any data and doesn't look at anything, you know, betting-wise, says the Tennessee Titans are only the top seed in the AFC, uh, on the, in the AFC because somebody had to be, not because they were head and shoulders above the rest of the conference. I mean, you know, what, what, what's the sentiment to something like that? Because that's completely disagreeing with what you're saying, isn't it? Essentially. But I know where I, I know where I'm back in and that's you. Yeah. I, well, that can be true, right? Like that, that theory can be true, but also not necessarily matter as much as we want it to. Right. Like I think, I think that Tennessee being over, Tennessee only being the one seed because somebody had to be might be true. But that doesn't necessarily matter if they're being offered at a really great price. Like, so right now, like Buffalo, for example, is 4.43. That's basically what Tennessee is right now. And Buffalo is the third seed in the, in the uh, AFC or the fourth seed, uh, one of those two seeds. And 
Like, again, Buffalo has to win one more game to even make it to the Super Bowl. So, like, the idea that Tennessee is bad is being priced in, right? Mm. And the, the question becomes, as a better, are is that being priced in too much, right? And are we, are we overestimating the likelihood of some of these, what we believe, better teams like Buffalo, like Kansas City? Are we overpricing their ability to win in the first round without getting all that injured? Are we overpricing their ability to win the next week when the schedule makers might give them bad rest differentials? For example, Kansas City plays on Sunday night uh, this round. The, the schedule makers can make them play Saturday the next round, right? Yeah. And so we don't know that. There's uncertainty. And I think uncertainty benefits teams that have some certainty baked in, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. the, the yeah. first round by. And so, yeah, I agree. I don't think Tennessee, I mean, in our power rankings, Tennessee is not the number one team. Uh, we have them as the eighth best team, 3.6 points better than the average team on a neutral field. But having that first game and knowing that you have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, uh, even, even in a reduction in home field advantage that we've seen over the last few years in the NFL, that's worth a lot. And so the, when, when we say that that has value, we're not dismissing the opinion that Tennessee is worse than most onesies. We're, we're saying that maybe the market is overcorrected. We've talked loads about some of the runners and riders and some of the matchups and potential matchups that we could see a bit further into the, the playoffs. Just want to, you know, finally, you can get all the odds online, of course, pinnacle.com for these. So if you are scrolling and you are, you know, you're not driving or whatever, and you listen to this podcast, do do have a look at that and just see what Eric's saying and try and find a bit of value here because there is plenty to be found. We've talked about the value. I think we've boxed that off pretty well. I, I suppose what I want to end on here, Eric, is any outsiders at this point where if you were feeling a little bit plush, and you were a better and you weren't wanting to just go completely just for the jug for the jugular. You want to like pick something that's got a little bit of method behind it, but are complete outsiders and not the obvious choice. Who are you going for? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say that to me that that team is probably uh, the San Francisco 49ers. They're, I think 12.77, uh, you know, on, on pinnacle, um, that one, to me, they just play a style of football that's so much different than a lot of the other teams. So they're a hard team to prepare for. Um, they are obviously they're on the road this week. They're probably going to have to go on the road for all of their playoff games, which is which is something that might be hard. The last time they made the Super Bowl, which was just two years ago, they were they had home field advantage and they only had to win two playoff games to get to the Super Bowl. So it is a lot different, but they do have that experience of getting to the Super Bowl with basically the same cast of characters. Um, one thing I will say is very interesting. So the, the, the San Francisco 49ers for a long period of time on pinnacle, we were the, they were something like 12 or 13 to one to win the Super Bowl. That was the third highest odds going into the year. And now they're somewhere around, uh, you know, 20 to one or something. So they, their straights have gotten worse during the season. Um, but they do have that pretty high prior, uh, that, that you guys, and I think a lot of folks in the betting market were giving that team. And, you know, the, the thing about football that people don't really want to uh, buy into that much, but is absolutely true, is that priors matter for longer than we think. Uh, and so that's the bet. That's the long shot that I'll take uh, is San Francisco uh, at 12 to one or so to, to win the NFC. There we go. There we go. And just before we do end um, your preseason Super Bowl pick all the way back, those many months ago where we were recording our first opening line podcast of the season. 
Um, 4.51 favourites were the Packers on Pinnacle and number two were the Chiefs at 4.750. It's not been too bad, that, has it? It's not been too bad. Yeah, and it'll only take, uh, well, they, we don't even get to see them play this weekend. So that that's, that benefits that bet as well. And and as I said with Tennessee, being the one seed, if any upsets happen in the first round of the playoffs, that only benefits the one seed, right? So, because uh, they get the worst team, the worst seeded team in, in round two. So uh, that will be, yeah, that'll be, it'll be fun to watch Aaron Rodgers trying to make his first Super Bowl since January or since February, sorry, of 2011. Um, so it's been a long time for him. He's made a bunch of NSC championship games, including last year since, um, but uh, hasn't gotten there. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. It looked bad after week one, right? Where they got blown out by the saints, but basically since then they've been an absolute house. Yeah, they did. And I was thinking this Eric expert and you know what? <laughs> there we go. The big expert, the big expert is proving it's coming to fruition right at the end of this season. Eric eager. Thank you so much. We shall talk again. We shall review the season. Um, you're an absolute star. Thanks so much. Um, and just a reminder, Mark Taylor's Game of the Week this week, profiling some of the best matches the playoffs have to offer is online at pinnacle.com. We've got NFL predictions on the website as well. Just head to the betting resources tab. And um, if you want to follow Eric as well, loads of interesting little nuggets of information on that. It's at PFF underscore Eric on Twitter. We'll be back next month for a comprehensive preview of what will be the Super Bowl. That is on February the 13th in Los Angeles. And also, if you do fancy switching sports, keep an eye out on our Australian Open coverage on our social media at Pinnacle on Twitter and longer form video as well with Matt Villander, who is an absolute legend of the sport. He knows a thing or two about winning Grand Slams, particularly in Australia. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, all odds correct at the time of recording, but mainly happy betting. Happy betting.